Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Skip Miller. And I'm Thibaut Suiris. Every two weeks, we're going to be interviewing thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We're on a mission to change the way people see sales. As you know, sales is a profession that is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet people are afraid to try or really extend themselves. And this isn't really good. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs and M3 Learning. If you want to attend the recording of the podcast episodes and ask your questions to the guests, you can join the Selling Advantage community. It's a $25 a month subscription where you get access to a community of B2B salespeople, exclusive events, and tactical resources to help you close bigger deals faster. Join today and get one month for free at www.sellingadvantage.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom, tools, and tactics, and enjoy the show. Welcome to uh, this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Thibaut. And uh, it's been a while. I didn't do a format like that, but I'm having a guest today. So it's uh, it's uh, Dominique Klingberg. Uh, you know, so Dominique, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you very much, Thibaut. Nice to see you again. Uh, yeah. and, and nice to be here as a guest today. Uh, last time we talked, you were my podcast, right? So exactly. <laughs> now no, no, we did it the other way around. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So that, 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 was a, that was a great conversation uh, about AI. But today we're going to talk about sales culture. So um, uh, it's a topic that is really important to you. Uh, you talk a lot about that on LinkedIn. Yeah. So um, I'd like to maybe start with a kind of state of the union where you can tell me what's the, you know, what's the status right now? In, in, you know, what's your opinion on, on the sales cultures you see around yourself? Yeah. Um, as you, as you mentioned, I think culture itself is a great topic for me and actually, um, like, like maybe let's begin with my, my career. The last couple of, uh, years, I, I started, uh, over 10 years ago in sales and, uh, was actually back then it was kind of the SDR role you, you know, today, mm-hmm. uh, lots of calling, let's say hundred calls a day for just, you know, just cold calling. So yeah. no sequences, no LinkedIn. Um, and back then it was totally different, the whole job. And um, over the years, I've progressed in different sales roles. I was working in B2C, B2P, B2G sales as well. Um, and currently working for Plio, a uh, big uh, fintech, uh, probably many people know, know it already um, in, in Europe. And um, actually, after working 10 years in sales, Plio was the first company I've worked for where I really got to know a great sales culture and also company culture and where I also when I looked back um, uh, I saw that okay maybe you did many things wrong in the past you you were chasing for the wrong things and this is something I see a lot um, also at the moment uh, in the market that uh, talking to AEs talking to managers Mm -hmm. that culture itself is not very present or not very tangible for many people Mm-hmm. So many people are actually looking for salaries, OTEs, you know, benefits and all those kind of stuff. But having a strong and and positive sales culture at work is, in my opinion, most of the most important things you can have. Do you have some concrete example of, of what uh, constitutes a great sales culture? I mean... Maybe maybe start with what, what is a toxic culture <laughs> in the yeah. beginning. I think it's 
you know, there's there's this this picture of the the actual sales sleazy sales guy, right? And uh, many times this comes from actually real people, right? Because this yeah. is something the last couple of years, 10, 20 years, that's how people worked in sales. It was very, you know, competitive, yeah. a lot of uh, males working in sales. And it was always like, you know, I'm the best and uh, I want to earn money. And that's, that was the picture that people actually uh, were giving to people, right? When, when they, when they talk about sales and nowadays, in my opinion, this whole, um, this whole picture of a salesperson um, changed a lot. Mm -hmm. And also the younger people actually looking for, for a different culture, for a different workplace. And I mean, now after having Corona a couple of years, um, for example, I see many people asking for working remotely or having uh, a proper home home office set up, for example, and want to remote, uh, work remotely for one or two days in the week. And this is something popping up more and more. And this is also affecting um, partly the, the sales culture, in my opinion, because people want more freedom. People want more trust from their employers uh, and don't want to be controlled and micromanaged anymore. And this is something I see a lot at the moment. Um, but I think many, many companies are doing still, still doing wrong mm -hmm. or not good. Yeah. Okay. Because so, you know, like um, you touched on a point that is, is very interesting. So personally, when I started my sales career in a company, yeah, uh, this was very much this kind of hustle mentality where it was only guys working in the, in the company, in the company. And personally, I really liked it. You know, it was really fun, but nowadays, if you were putting me in this environment, I would hate it. And so I think, uh, as you said, if you're a bunch of dudes and they, you know, it's more like locker room conversations, it's pretty cool for you. But for anyone who's, you know, not into this kind of thing, it's horrible. And so, as you said, um, you know, you got this kind of picture of the Wolf of Wall Street where yeah. uh, it's just super nice and everything. And, and it's kind of a cliche. And, you know, for me, I was I was really into this cliche and it was really fun. But then later on, I was like, okay, this this is just like, it's great as a student or whatever, but, you know, to do a career, you can't do that. And also, you know, you need to be super inclusive. You know, it's like sales is really some one of these professions where you don't need to have a specific degree or whatever. Anyone can jump in. And really the goal is not to go and just sell as much as you can, but really find problems, uncover problems, find solutions. And so I think that's, uh, you know, having a culture that enables that is really important. Yeah. But you said something about... Basically, nowadays in tech sales, let's say we, we all work more or less remotely. And, um, you know, like, how do you do whenever you are building a culture and you hire, you're hiring young, young people who don't have experience? Yeah. How do you create this culture when there's a hybrid workforce or everyone's kind of working from home and you have people who don't have this kind of contact, you know, that you get typically, you got, you know, uh, maybe when you started sales where you learned by seeing others in the same space. So how do you how do you work on that? Yeah, great question. Uh, and by the way, great movie as well. You mentioned with Wall Street. Yeah, I really like yeah. it. <laughs> I think everyone working in sales knows it. Uh, but that actually really describes what what we talked to before, right? So that's that's in my opinion, it's like a toxic male uh, sales culture. Um, still, I think you can learn a lot from from this movie as well. Um, but coming back to your question, uh, I think. That what what you mentioned, like this whole remote or let's say um, mixed setup of working remotely and home office and all that stuff, 
it's one of the biggest challenges for, for managers at the moment, I see, mm-hmm. uh, and also for myself, because this is, um, I see my, my team, for example, is like 50% remote, uh, working from different locations, other offices, and partly um, I have them in, in, in the Berlin office. And of course, I see that people working with me in the same office, it's different, right? Because you can just uh, talk to them, you, uh, you can have a coffee together, um, and and socialize what you can't that this no zoom call will ever replace having a coffee in person yeah that, that's a fact you know and and you need to think about those kind of stuff so what we do for example we fly in the whole team for closing week every two months to actually work together uh, for a week and also bound and and you know it's like this bound whole whole team uh thing to, to build a culture and um, also to build trust within the team. I think that's that's something you cannot build over Zoom. Uh, so I think for me, at least it's always both. You need if you if you have your team remotely, you need to to see yourself um, them in in person over time mm-hmm. um, to actually build trust and have a have a good uh, team culture. Yeah, exactly. And so. So we touched uh, when we were talking a bit before about the OTs, so on target earnings, salaries, and everything. Yeah. So uh, basically, before the wave of layoff, we've seen uh, starting maybe you know six, not nine months ago, there were crazy OTs in the US. You could easily yeah. get three hundred fifty thousand US dollars as an OT. And so, um, what's what's your opinion on that? On these crazy high OTs and and the promises that are not held after that. Uh, actually, I was shocked myself because back then I was in AE myself. And um, when I started at Plio and one year after, after seeing all those uh, funding rounds with VCs, um, they actually offered me t- twice my salary than I was earning at, at Plio. And I, of course, you you start thinking about it and you're like, fuck, what did I do wrong here? Uh, do I need to change my job again? Um, but as I mentioned, I think that's the wrong motivation, right? If you're just chasing for a high OTE or or a title, um, you will not be happy in the long run. And uh, I think many people actually um, experienced this the last couple of months when they decided for a high OTE and then being laid off because, you know, it was just like a false promise or, you know, they couldn't manage to actually pay those salaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, or on the other hand, I mean, that that's something people try to tend to forget is like if you have a 200,000 uh, OT you need to bring in the money right so mm-hmm. it has to be um a, a po- positive uh for the company if you don't bring in the money you will you will be kicked off faster than you can look yeah so that's something i think you always have to be aware of like can i can i actually bring in the money to to get those those uh, this kind of uh, OT. Yeah. By the way, uh, when people are making calculations on uh, on OTs and everything, they often you multiply five to six times what you cost to a company, and that's going to be your quota typically. Yeah. If you're comfortable with bringing this amount, you know that's fine. But if, for example, yeah, you have three hundred, that would be one point five million you would have yeah. to bring. So. You know, think about it. You know, is, is it something that I can really do or not? And uh, and I, you know, like, is the product? Am I able to sell this product for one point five million, or is it too complicated? So I think that's that's an, a very important thing. Whenever you receive a salary, is can I sell 
this amount that is going to be expected from me. And for me personally, I know so many people who go get hired without knowing their targets, what's expected from them. I would never accept a job without knowing what's my target, at least for the year that's coming, because it's always changing. Yeah. Uh, because that's like too high of a gamble to actually, uh, you know, make a decision. And also talk to other sellers that are working for the company, right? Because I mean, in the hiring process, they will always tell you, yeah, everyone is hitting their target. But then if you ask people like, okay, what's what's the average? Uh, right? Then uh, you will see that maybe the average is maybe below 80% or something. So then basically the OT is a nice number, but you will never probably not get to 100% anyway. So then maybe it's better to go for a lower OTE and an uncapped uh, provision mm -hmm. and uh, work work for a different company and maybe get some kickers and then you earn way more than you would uh, earn in the other company where you had like a 30K more OTE, for example. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, so, you know, so let's say, for example, you work at Pleo. So what are some examples of, uh, you know, great culture elements that you can see in this company? Yeah. I think one of the most important things for having a culture is having, having a common vision and also uh, understanding of why we are doing things and how we are doing things in this company. And this also trickles down to the sales culture then, right? So overall, I think the com it, it starts with the company culture. And then it, it it's part of the, the manager's job to communicate this uh, to the team, to the sales team as well. Mm -hmm. And then, um, for example, like just, just to be very specific, um, you know, most of the times, and this is also something we talked about in my podcast in the previous episodes, people hate doing outbound, right? So it's like, it doesn't matter if it's an SDR, an AE or whatever, people don't like cold calling, right? And... Many managers know know, know this. Uh, so the best thing you can do as a manager is also sit down next to your to your people and call with them together. So we are all in this together, right? Give them the feeling that you are there for them. Uh, that's one thing you can do. And uh, what we do at Plio, for example, like this week, actually on Thursday, we'll have company-wide outbound day. So even the CEO uh, will, will take the phone and and call cold call customers, right? So, um, and the whole organization is actually celebrating this day, you know, we will get dressed up and, you know, there will be prices. So it's like those kind of stuff. And I mean, one of the things I think about culture, um, it doesn't really come by itself. You need to invest in culture. And this also means you need to invest money into building those kind of cultures. So if it's team events or, you know, spiffs or whatever, uh, this is something it's, it's not for free. You need to invest in culture. Yeah. I see. I see. I see. Okay. And so, um, so this outbound day is like once a month. Actually, uh, no, uh, we, we did this last year, the last time, but we're trying, I mean, the SDRs are doing it regularly, but the company wide is happening. I think once a quarter or every six months. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it's always good if the CEO can go and, and do this kind of tough job of calling people. Uh, must be interesting because especially Pleo is a tough tough business because you're talking to all kinds of people who have uh, are all very different. So uh, you know, like the use case, you know, like the, the I think that that must be interesting to uh, to see how it goes. And so, do you see a, a boost in performance or how these kind of days? Do you see like some? Because I know there's there's a few things. There's obviously the PR impact. Uh, 
and you know like because you know taking pictures and everything say hey our ceo is going to yeah. whatever uh, which is good um but then is there like a really tangible impact on the performance of the revenue team absolutely absolutely so the last time we did this was like over 100 meetings booked in one day mm -hmm. um you know it's like i think it always comes with the motivation of the people so if you're what we described like if you have half your team sitting remotely it's very hard for them to to keep motivating the whole day but if you have those kinds of events uh then people are all in the same boat right so they're trying to really you know you have this dashboard people see okay my colleague did did 20 calls more than I did. They booked five meetings more than I did. So you're trying, you know, it's a challenge and 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 it's not for everyone, but still I think that's something uh, it's important to have because otherwise, you know, it will just be the same all day. So you need to to do those extra things to, to get people going. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Good. Um... So Dominique, uh, you know, thanks for, for coming on the show. Is there any, any last thing, any, any important point you want to communicate to the audience? I think like looking um, to culture as well, I think one, one thing on the AE part is uh, being open for change and also uh, w like uh, invest in your, in your growth. I think that's something I really uh, can recommend uh, looking for networks, looking for events and all those kinds of stuff. Um, like for example, the SDS of Germany network, I think we both, both know, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's something you can also get motivation from. So even if your company doesn't invest in you, in yourself, you can be, um, you can be, or yourself can, can invest in, 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 in yourself. Um, so that's something I would recommend, uh, especially younger, younger people, uh, watch out for those kind of sales networks and mentors outside of the company as well. Yes, there's of Germany for people who are selling in Germany or that is a very good community. Um, it is very good vision, very good execution also. So I think that's definitely a, a very nice place to, to hang out. Um, if people want to hear more about you, get in touch with you, where, where should they go? Uh, definitely LinkedIn. So if you, if you want to uh, have a chat, uh, feel free to contact me on LinkedIn and also uh, check out my podcast, uh, Sales and Pepper Interviews. Uh, especially the episode with Thibault. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fun <laughs> conversation. So thank you so much, Dominique, for coming on the show.